Hey, what's up? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Shanti. And as you can see, I am in a different location. I'm here with some amazing people. And today we're going to do a lot of just talking to be talking, but I know we're going to get into some great things about how you can be mentally healthy, how you can be fun, how you can be crazy, and how always you're able to trust and believe in who you are with my new friend, Mike Bayer. So get ready, sit back. Y'all better take some notes because it's about to go off. Get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say hey, yeah. no, no, no. What's up? You're better than Oprah. Come on, y'all. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, Mike. Hey, Shanti. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay, so I got to tell y'all the story. I was just scrolling through TikTok, you know, on during the pandemic like everybody did. And I saw this big old man being big old crazy. And But I knew I knew about you before because you sent me a book and, you know, just kind of really did more research on you. And I just love your take on life and how you help people out, which we're, you know, we have that in common. But before we get into that, just, you know, tell my people a little about you. And first of all, can we just, I don't know if you can get a close up on this shirt, but like, come on, savage, classy, bougie, ratchet, the Golden Girls. Yeah, the Golden Girls all, I feel like, had a flavor of that. Which one would you be, though? Would you be savage, no. classy, bougie, or ratchet? I'm ratchet with a side of bougie. Mm. I think I'm a bit of savage with a little bit of bougie. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I'm a a life coach. I've been in mental health for over 19 years. You get into this field uh, typically because your own mind wasn't on track. You know, you can't transmit something you don't have. And um, so at a young age, I was pretty addicted to drugs. I went through treatment a few times, eventually got sober at 22 years old, had a wild time getting sober. Then I became a counselor. Uh, I founded a treatment center that called Cast Centers that I've uh, been the CEO of for over 16 years. I've written a few books, um, worked a lot from crisis management to helping people make more money to helping people feel better about themselves. And I would say my art is kind of freeing people to be their best selves. 
yeah. helping people. And I do it through creative and fun ways, you know, similar to you. In today's world, mental health is kind of, it, it kind of gets thrown around. Mm. I think not too much because I think it's really good for people to really understand what mental health is. And we have Mental Health Awareness Month. But I also think that sometimes when it's not really understood what mental health is, it can be a little crazy. So anybody can Google or, you know, hopefully go get a therapist. But what has been like the most incredible transformation that you've seen when it comes to mental health. Well, and you bring up a good point because it is thrown around a lot. It's almost like thrown around so much. It's like the item at the dinner table with, I don't know, they're like shredded carrots and you don't really eat them. And you're like, oh yeah, I know they're there, but I don't want to eat them. And so it's this thing that I don't think really permeates into culture. It sounds good. It's a good PR thing. But I don't, I've never had someone check into our program because of an awareness month or because of awareness on television per se. But there are certain programs that can do that. But I think what attracted me to mental health is it's one of the few things, whereas weight loss, let's say, just pounds, to help someone lose weight and lose 30 pounds, there are so many factors before you can see that result. And people will show the before and after photo. I found that I can take someone who has been suicidal, hasn't showered for a week, um, hates their life, uh, really depressed and just overall just dysfunctional. And you can help someone's light turn on really quickly. And it's one of the few things that I've found that you can help someone very quickly go from dark to light And so I started getting really attracted to seeing people that were addicted to drugs who just didn't have a shot and then they'd get sober and you would see the light in them. And that's exciting to me. It's kind of that's, if anything, in terms of my sobriety, that gets me, quote, high. One of the things is seeing people's lights turn on. And it's we've all been there. We've been with a friend who's crying for hours and seems like they're in a horrible place. And all of a sudden you throw in a little humor and they're laughing and they're smiling and they're a little more motivated to go to that dinner that they wouldn't get out of the house to go do. And I just think mental health is one of those things we're not taught. We didn't grow up learning about it. You know, we didn't grow up learning about wellness either. It was like the basic food groups, but we don't learn about how to deal with our own anxiety and depression and I just love seeing people get their lights turned on, I suppose. Being the lights turned on, you know something about you? You are so loud. Uh, Not in like a negative way, but you're so, like your voice is very powerful. And, you know, knowing that you, you know, you've been sober since you're 22. You know, number one, have you always been that loud? Or now that you're loud, like that, I'm loud too, but... You have like a really joyful, I mean, you know, you have a deep voice in this, but it's it it exudes joy. Do you feel like, have you always been that loud? And if you haven't, did you start getting loud? Well, it wasn't the, the loudness in me was not embraced by my family growing up. <laughs> they thought it was just a lot. But I think, you know, as we get older, we get more comfortable in our own skin. And we're just kind of like, this is who I am. And um and I can also shut down, you know, and, but I, I like how it feels mm. 
to feel the vibration mm. of like letting it out of my system. Mm. You know, if I need to whisper, I can. But sometimes <laughs> you just got to turn it up. How much of it has to do with confidence? And then the second part of that question is when you see people that you help become confident, what is like, what is like one thing that you see them do that's different than when they were kind of suffering in a deeper way? I love working with people who used to blame every, everyone for everything mm. and they stop blaming and they take responsibility when I, because that's a hard thing for someone to change. And some people will go to their grave blaming, you know, they'll be underneath the ground and they're like, I didn't even like my tombstone, you know, like they just find a reason to complain about everything. But when I worked Not, with someone, I didn't even like my <laughs> but uh, I'm like so focused. I'm like, did he really just say that? <laughs> I mean, they're going to figure it out. Even till the day they're dead, they're going to complain. <laughs> and some people that I've worked with, when they stop doing that, it brings me great joy. And when someone can realize that they're more capable of what they initially believed or how they looked at themselves, how they had some gifts that's all stuff that I noticed changes. And that's with people who are really suffering. Um, but not everyone gets out of that spot. And the number one reason they don't is they're not honest. They can't get honest. And some people are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. They're incapable of being but honest. But why? What is the thing that holds them back? Um, I think that... Some people are hardwired and they aren't willing to change. I mean, I've done, I've curated all types of different environments trying to help certain people. And by the way, this is rare. A lot of people can change. Yeah. But sometimes you have to know when to stop reaching out your hand to help someone. You got to know, you got to look at them. And if they start being dishonest with you, one shot to get honest with you and you have a conversation. They don't want to get honest after the second conversation, they're out. You're giving them a chance. Now, if they want to make amends down the road and clear up their side of the street, but honesty is just imperative with change of any sort. I get a lot of people to ask me questions because they see that I'm very confident and I really take control of my life. And mm. if people don't like me i'm like i don't really give a fuck because i don't got time but you know one of the questions i get is a lot of people with relationships and family mm. and they have a really tough time dealing with family members who are s super disrespectful to them and specifically moms you know i don't know why i don't know what it is about moms but a lot of times it's people and their mother and they don't know they want to walk out of the relationship, but they feel like it's their mom. So then they stay and they continue to suffer because of the title of the person that's making them suffer. How does someone deal with that? Because I've never been able to really answer that question fully for people. Well, there's two things that, from my experience, and I mean, every situation is so different. But uh, consequences and pain are two great motivators to changing someone's behavior. Consequences, if they do this behavior, then this is the consequence you put out. This is not the, I'm not going to take your phone calls. I'm not going to give you money. I'm not going to be that sounding board when you're complaining to get whatever it is. And then the other is pain. Mm. So people will change too when they're not getting their motherly love that moms always give. And sometimes moms need to be a little more precious and selective about that energy that they give out. 
And if they're not receiving back love, they need to be careful because that's when you feel hurt is when you're giving of yourself fully and someone else isn't embracing it. And that's when you get resentful because you feel like you're being used. Mm. And so that my experience has been, it's hard. I mean, it's easier said than done, but. Speaking of pain, you know, going back to you being such like a joyful person, what was the most painful thing you've been through? The most painful thing I went through, well, I hated being gay. That was pretty painful. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was like, I don't know. I I thought it was like a piece of clothing that would go away the next day. I didn't really know what it was. You know, I'm 42. There was the village people. There was Pedro from the real world. I didn't really know what gay was. I grew up in Orange County, California. So the realization that I was gay was painful. And then coming off like being up for a few weeks on meth is pretty painful when you crash. You know, I don't want to laugh, but oh my gosh, the way you say that is just like so like, you know, that's pretty painful. Uh, Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, different drugs have different effects, but the demoralization that happens when you do certain drugs over time is mm-hmm. it sucks. It's empty. Yeah. But the, yeah, I can laugh because the truth is we're all, we've all been train wrecks from time to time. <laughs> we've all done things that we regret. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've been a train wreck sometimes. Right? <laughs> we all, we all at some point during COVID were a train wreck. Oh Lord. Talk about it. Yes. We all felt like I need a therapist during everyone yes ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's interesting because everyone has this, like, I don't want to say, like, coming out story, but because I, I think it's before... The before. Like, you know, people say, oh, here's my before picture, my after picture. I'm like, don't show me the before picture. Show me what was happening before that got you to the before picture. Mm. And then let's talk about how to sustain the after picture. But anyway, speaking of coming out, like, so my husband talks about all the time, very similar. Like, he hid the fact that he was gay for a really long time. He told his parents, but he was really in the closet until he was 38 years old. Mm. And, uh, like, for, for the world, right? And so... What was the thing that was leading up to you saying, I want to come out? Not the day, because the mm. day is like, you know, whatever. But what what was that first moment where you felt like, oh, shit, mm. like I'm I'm like I'm about to go down this journey where I know I can't really turn back and like hide from this. Yeah. And I don't want to use that hide. In sure, sure. Yeah. I went to a big sports high school called Modern Day. Mm-hmm. I was like captain of the basketball team top 25 in the country and I dedicated myself a lot to basketball but it never really made me happy Hmm. and I started going to raves and started realizing that people could be a little more out there and be themselves I was like oh these people are interesting like they're not all wearing like in my high school you had to wear a school uniform by the way which is the most ridiculous (laughs) thing in hindsight that there's some idea that you're, you're not teaching anyone by wearing school uniforms. Yeah. You're and saving the underst- parents' money. That's about it. <laughs> and I understand the theory. The theory is, oh, well, 
Then for families, they're not going to have to spend so much money because they all... No, no kid. I would rather be wearing big and tall or Ross dress for less with a scarf than wear that freaking school uniform with those tied up shorts. Anyways, but my moment was I went to a gay pride uh, parade in Long Beach and it was the first gay pride I ever went to when I was 19 years old. And uh, I told my parents I was going to some concert and I was driving home and I was listening to this Goo Goo Dolls song called I Don't Iris. Don't want the world to know me. Anyways, I thought it was like God talking to me. And then my mom asked me if I was at Pride or at a, a concert. And I said, no, I was at Pride. But what led up to it was I was suffering. Mm. I won't suffer anymore. I was going to New York to play basketball at Fordham. I was like, it's now. Now's the time. And so did you end up going to Fordham? I did, but then I never went out to play. Mm. Because by the time I got to New York, you know, I was already in high school partying hard. You know, I did my first line of K in freshman year and selling nitrous oxide. I was dropping E every weekend. So, like, by the time I got to New York, I was like, I'm not waking up at 6 a.m. And in this college, there was no gay club. Like, you know, they would... Now this stuff was recognized as Jesuit school. Yeah. And I want to go back in the... I didn't want to be back in this, like, world. Sometimes it's just too... If you don't have really good self-esteem, it's too much. Like, it's hard to be yourself when you're just figuring out yourself as a gay man in a very straight environment. And I didn't have the tools... And so, like, the ball boy would come by my room, and I just wouldn't go out to practice. I just never... I never went to one practice. Mm. But I went to Twilo and the Roxy and every other nightclub in New York. (laughs) (laughs) You know? You know, I was a sports science major. I had a specialization in health promotion. And in school, we learned a lot about drugs and, you know... But I don't think, you know... A lot of my podcasts, I really like to make people feel uncomfortable because I think a lot of people hide from things that make them uncomfortable. And you said something earlier about how it was painful to come down from meth. And so, like, what is that like? Like, what? Because, you know, we see movies, we see TV shows, and they edit it the way they want you to edit it, and it's this thing. But, like, what is this? What is the experience really? So think of when you've flown... And haven't slept for 24 hours. You've had that, right? I literally just had it. Have you ever done math? France. No, I've never okay. done math. No. It's not, a, it shouldn't be on the bucket list. Um, <laughs> but, oh my um, God. I have like a hard enough time smoking weed. Like, if I get high, like, if I end up tap passing, I've got high. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. Like, if I drink more than two drinks, like with my husband, like out at dinner, I'm like, Oh, my God. Like, this is so uncomfortable. And he's like, oh, my God. So I could probably promise you I'll never. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I mean, it basically what happens when you stay up for long periods of time. Which I've done that before. (laughs) Okay. So after about the second day, you start slightly feeling a little sketchy or you're, like, irritable. Day three or four is when you start, like, hallucinating a little bit because you're just run down and you don't really eat. Um, and you can't sleep, you're saying? Well, I was one of those... I was like a garbage can. So, like, I I was great to party with. Like, 
I was a great drug addict because I never would steal. Well, I stole once from someone while they were asleep out of their wallet. I do remember that, but it was drugs. And he'd stolen from me before. But anyways, I wasn't a mean drug addict, right? Like, I just wanted to party and have fun. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, I I eventually, I didn't want to come down. Like, I didn't want to go to sleep. Because hmm. when you come down is when you, we call it, you crash. And so, eventually what would happen is, like, I started getting bruises on my fingers. Because you can't really hold anything at us hmm. after, like, day five or six and I have, like, some marks here from, like, I I would say I was because of stress, but there were speed bumps, we call them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I just didn't want to sleep. I kind of uh, just, that was, I mean, that was one phase was I was addicted to meth. Other phases, I was addicted to other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, um, it was a dark period, you know, and, and eventually I thought, that there were evil spirits following me and I couldn't go outside. And I thought there was a camera in my peephole at my door. So it was really, it got real scary real quick. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I couldn't stop. So even when I wanted to stop, it never made sense to me. It's probably like how some people are with like sugar. They're like, I'm going to throw it out. And then they're post mating at 11 at night. Yeah. I couldn't understand why I would put this thing in my system Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to do. Like, I logically would be like, that doesn't make sense to me. I've, and it happened to me like 20 times where I was like, I am done. I'd flush it down the toilet. Within a day, it was back on me. I didn't understand. I, I was like, that doesn't make sense. I have no willpower. You're right, right. And then eventually, I checked myself into treatment. Spent nine months. I thought I was going for 30 in Minnesota. You thought you were going for 30 months? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going for 30 days. Oh. oh I ended wow. up there for nine months. Yeah. and But it was the best thing that's happened in my life. And I always say help is a transaction. And I believe that the universe always has an opportunity for us to, like, get help when we ask for it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot of people ask me, you know, do you believe where you are is because of luck? And I, and some people do, but it actually annoys the fuck out of me because I'm like, do you know what I've been through? And I've literally made decisions to put myself in some people in this situation. And some people say, you know, when opportunity meets, you know, preparation meets opportunity. And I'm like, but is it really like, I think it's just that, like, I've made these choices and I made these decisions to put me where I am today. So, you know, 
that's and that person just made those choices. I, I so I don't really believe in like. I know what you mean, though. Like, it's focus, right? Right. And I had that for a while, too. Like you're saying, where I was working with a bunch of entertainers as, like, their life coach. And people were like, I remember I would speak at this event in New York. And people would be like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And I'm like, we'll be prepared to help people for free for two years. Build up a name. Build up a reputation. Sacrifice your weekends invest money and energy into learning more like it's not like nothing is just that happens to, like no that. Yeah. nothing what you just said is one of my biggest pet peeves in today's world when it comes to young people and entrepreneurship a lot of people see the success of people and they and they take these courses and they think like I'm going to take this course and I'm going to make my first $100,000 and they want it fast and I and I see you and I'm spending time with you and obviously you're successful and I know this is kind of switching the subject but what do you tell those young people who you know in the world of technology where they feel like it happens really fast and then they get um you know, discouraged mm. and they, they're going after a life to get that car and get that really great Instagram post to show that they have this, you know, great place to live, but they don't want to do the work. Mm. Ugh, it's, I like, think it's like, it's similar to probably what you've done is you choose a craft and obsess about the craft. Yeah. Be so into the, be so in the craft of what you're passionate about and everything else happens. But I've never worked with someone where it's like, be passionate about the money. And then the money comes. Yeah. I'm like, be freaking great. But don't you think it has a lot to do with patience, though? Because I, mm. I've, I've known people that have been passionate about something and they have a craft. But because of this world we live in mm. where like these people make it seem like it's going to happen fast, they switch. And I'm like, what happened? Like You were literally building a great foundation. Yeah, you know? well, I think... That you know, it's it's sales, right? And I think it's understanding that that's not the real world. And um, I've always thought it's odd, like this uh, people posting with like a car. I'm like, if I had ten cars, I don't want anyone knowing I have ten cars. <laughs> like, why do I need everyone to know my cars? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I don't understand this idea. And then somehow that's cool yeah yeah. because you can afford a car like yeah i mean it's cool if it's your first car or whatever but yeah i mean i i don't know if i don't know if i'm the right guy per se for someone that's just like i just want to make money i'm the right guy for someone who's like i'm obsessed with this one area and i want to be the best i can be at it and i want to create a business around it but you're right. Some people give up too soon. They, they, and, and, and they don't realize that sometimes failure is just part of it. You fail a bunch of times. You launch, I've launched a bunch of businesses. Some of them have never worked out and some of them have worked great. Mm -hmm. And just because one didn't work out doesn't mean that you're a bad business owner. Right. You just got to know. You just, yeah. So speaking of that, like all of that, I think when people feel like they fail and, you know, I tell people to dig deeper, I think a lot of that, sometimes the discouragement comes from outside sources, but a lot of it comes from internal. So I always like to ask mm. my guests the question because my podcast is called Trust and Believe. Like, 
and you know you obviously are life coaching you help people come from these like great depths of despair to really being able to be loud and confident and find joy in their life what would you say your definition of trust and belief is mm. I think trust and belief my definition would be surround yourself with people who trust you and believe in you and you trust them and believe in them. And when I say surrounded, it's, it's just in life. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean they need to have this or that just in life. It's got that spiritual element. And I think like asking for help with anything is just part of life. And a lot of people want to help you and you can trust and believe that you can get, when I say help, it's like whatever it is. Why do you think people have a hard time asking for help? I think it's learned. I think it's learned or I think it's learned later in life. Mm. And and they don't, or they don't want to let go of control. Well, speaking of help, yes. I don't know how available you are to people, but how can people reach out to you? Or I know they can find you on social media, yes. but how do people like reach out to you? And, you know, because I feel like you have like such a great amount of wisdom and experience that can really help people. Well, well, um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm my style of writing the books I write are very like life coach style. So mm -hmm. that's a very inexpensive way. <laughs> and a better, I think it's the same stuff that people will get who would like hire me is I write in a style where they're working with me as their life coach. If they need more of a mental health adjustment, I own a place called Cast Centers. We take most major insurances here in Los Angeles. And then, yeah, they can follow me or reach out on social media, Coach Mike Bear. Cool. So. Well, thank you for your time. Thank I you. I appreciate it. You're so great. And everybody out there, check the links in the show notes. I'm going to get all of the information for you so you can read those books, get all the self-help you need, and much, much more. I appreciate everything about you. Next time I come to L.A., we ain't recording a podcast. We're going to dinner. We're going to have our good old time. Yes. We're going to laugh. We're going to do some TikTok yes. and our Speedos. Speedos. We're going to put it on my page. Speedos. And have fun. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Yeah.